you little horn dog. Oink, hey, oink. Hey, hate it, hate it. Are you are you sure you'd rather watch those movies over Mandy, or are you just horny? I like donks, dude. I can't help it. I mean, I do too, but like... Who let the donks out is what I'm saying. <laughs> I want to shake their hand. Just... Uh, no. no. <laughs> Go look at some porn. Take a cold uh, shower. Uh, God. <laughs> yeah, I do need to take a cold shower. Okay. Welcome to another episode of Racing to the Middle, the podcast that exudes a cosmic darkness. The fuck, Hayden? You gonna interrupt me like that? Yeah. What I'm are you sorry. doing? Nah, I'm so, I'm, I'm, it. I, po- I apologize. <laughs> I don't know what came over me. It was like I was possessed with something all of a sudden. <laughs> that's that's a little foreboding. Rage. <laughs> <laughs> could you could you call it a volcanic outburst, Hayden? Uh, possibly. Oh, hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. So just for the people listening at home, uh, Hayden has just left. He has just left the, uh, the studio. Um, I I don't know if he realized this is a purely audio medium. This is not audio visual that now. Okay. Now he's back. We're back. Sorry. I I had to, I had to grab the horn of a Braxis. (laughs) Oh God, we can't be bringing that back. What? Bring what okay. back, Clay? This is the horn of a Braxis. No, we, no. We have not no. had the opportunity to talk about the horn of a Braxis no. until we've covered Mandy. Ugh. I hate you sometimes. Look out, Clay. The horn of a Braxis has called them. There's lights in the darkness. <laughs> There's something driving through the woods. Fuck you. Our gosh, hey, uh, can I tell you? I think this is like the movie I've been most excited to see. This is definitely the movie. I, like, okay, don't get me wrong. This may change with this rewatch. I've always said that Raising Arizona is my favorite Nick Cage movie. Mm-hmm. Again, it might change with this rewatch. Even still, this has been the movie I've most been looking forward to revisiting. Yeah, yeah. And the movie I've most been excited to see your reaction to. Yeah, I'm excited too. I've had this movie on my shelf for so long, and I just okay. So you own it? Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. So you're you're shit out of luck. You're on your own. Do you think I don't own this, Clay? Yeah, I don't know. I know you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're fine. Uh, yeah. So uh, I've been I've been wanting to watch this movie for a long time, um, and I just never had done it. Um, I had a friend of mine who I thought she might have enjoyed it, and I wanted to watch it with her, but uh, just never worked out. And then, then by the time that like I realized, oh shit, I still have this movie and I haven't watched it. Well, that was when we started the the podcast, and I was like, well, fuck, man, like we gotta we gotta save this for for the, for air. We gotta yeah. have the 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 first time I see this, my 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 like purest like you know un un, un unadulterated viewing experience. We need to have that. 
We need to record oh, yeah. that. Honestly, it would be really fun if we had a video set up. It'd be really fun to record us watching the movie together. I mean, you think I couldn't make that happen? Well, we don't have a Patreon to really release it to anybody, so... I mean, just because we don't have a Patreon right now doesn't mean that we couldn't just make a Patreon this Well, week. okay, then, then, I actually think we should hold off because I want you to experience it first, uh-huh. and then we could record later, like, us rewatching it together. I don't, yeah, I don't want I us like... to be talking over the first time you watch it, you know what I'm saying? That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, yeah, I, I I can understand. We should do like some. We should do like some, some like streaming of like the uh of some of, of rewatching some of these classic movies. I think mm. for sure for our top ten. Oh, I agree. Yeah, do like a live stream of it and like have us talking about it, and you know people could follow along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I we could do you. that. I got you. Oh yeah, this hey, this is one that I think might upset your uh like again like i said last time there is a chance that you could dislike this movie but i think this is the first time that's come up in a while that <laughs> you rolled your eyes at me I yeah because i know what you're doing i i have a feeling there's probably something problematic about this movie you think i'm gonna hate it purely because it's problematic yeah clay it's you no i don't hate problematic movies i love problematic movies it's just that when the problematic movie has nothing to add Nothing to say. Those now, now the problematic least, thing, the problematic thing that you're does, probably does, thinking does, is does. in this movie is not in this movie. Actually. Wait, what? The problematic thing that you're thinking is in this movie is yeah. not actually in this. movie. I mean, does does like Nick Cage like look at the screen and like drop the N word? Like, oh say that, well, no, there's definitely not that. But uh, yeah. Oh but wait, is there is there an N word drop? I don't think there Look, is. Look, I like but, uh, Quentin Tarantino movies. If I was offended by white guys saying no, 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 the, the big, like, the big R word is what is sexually not. Yeah, I, I, I kind of figured it didn't feel like that had that going on in it. But really, no, okay. I, didn't, I didn't get that feeling. You know what kind of movie this is, right? I mean, I know it's like, I, I think there's like a kidnapping involved. I guess we should talk about predictions. Like you've already seen it, but like mm. I should talk about like what I know about it. Okay, yeah. So like. I always get the vibe that there's like some kind of like cult aspect to it. Oh, there's a cult, baby. Yeah, I figured that. And like, oh, I think like, isn't it like um, Nick Cage's like significant other? I don't know if it's like spouse or girlfriend or whatever, but she gets kidnapped. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, sure, uh, sure, sure. And like, um, I know like he like I think like drinks some kind of potion or whatever, and just kind of becomes like a. I think Nick Nick Cage described it as like becomes becomes like the Gollum because he's just this like uh, like emotionless like juggernaut that he rampages becomes, through the end of the movie. He becomes to also quote Nicolas Cage and Panos Cosmatos. He becomes Jason Voorhees from uh, Friday the 13th Part 7 The New Blood. Oh, hell yeah. That was the movie Panos Cosmatos gave to Nick Cage to say Prepare for this role by watching Jason. Hell yeah! Voorhees. I think what's also interesting is that, uh, from what I understand, um, the director did not want Nick Cage to play the character he ultimately ended up playing. No, he wanted him to play Jeremiah Sand, the which villain. I'm assuming is the villain. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. he thought he thought Nick Cage was too old. He thought yeah. he thought he which should... there is an age difference, but I mean, 
Oh, we live in a society, Clay. We live is, in a society. Is, is like what it is, is like Nick Cage is like Nick Cage. He's like in his 50s. And the person who's his SO is like in her 20s. Um, I actually don't know how old Andrea Riceboro is, but there is an age difference. Yeah, I mean, I just accept that as being part of Hollywood. But I mean, no, you're you're right. It, that's not the actual issue that Panos had. Uh, uh, Cosmatos's thing was that originally a theme of the movie was going to be youth versus right. Like, yeah, it was going to be a young man. Is versus that the thing you thought man. I was going to be upset about? No. Why would that? Okay, I good. I thought. Well, you then you think better of me then. Good. No, there's two movies that are in our or that are in your bottom five. That involve a certain thing that happens in them, a triggering event, and uh, well, you said rapes. Not you basically implied that. Rape's yeah, exactly, not. exactly. That that's yeah, but uh, okay. I'm I'm not going to say I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. Whatever. I I just I've, I I would hope you would think better of me. I thought you knew that I'm a person who does believe in. Like art, and that art can be problematic. Okay, and that's actually yeah. I was I was way off base because you're also a meme guy. This is the most meme worthy Nick Cage movie that has come out in twenty years. Yes, it's like Face Off, right? And I love I love this movie despite the memes. I worked at a certain theater chain that tried to fucking kill this movie for me because of all the memes and because of all the hype. And because of all the fucking douchebags that go yeah, to that movie theater, yeah, yeah. But I hey, hosted. Hey, I, I like I, I, I like Alamo Draft House though. You do? Yeah. What's do you know about all the? We could, we should talk about this off air. Yeah, we probably should talk. Well, uh, I did, ju- well, okay. Just just Google. Um, well, isn't a it like certain the, movie chain and sexual harassment? And, yeah, uh, I mean, be, I do know. Like, isn't like one of the owners like a sex pest? No, 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 no. Uh, no. There is a history of... Okay, we're not going to get into this on air. Okay, we'll, we'll talk but, about uh, it off air. Okay, but... Okay, anyways. Um, no, but I had but some like, good get memories. Food, you I, get dinner in a movie, like, in the theater. Like, what's not to like? I had some good memories working at that place. One of the best was hosting this movie whenever yeah. it came out. And yeah. one of my best hosts that I've ever done. And, um, yeah, gave, gave a great speech. Got everybody pumped up. Great screening that my then girlfriend walked out of halfway through, and uh, complained about the movie for like a solid two years. And, uh, really <laughs> wow. annoyed the shit out of me. Were you dating for that whole two years? No, absolutely. Not. Okay, I was gonna say like, <laughs> how no. long after she said she didn't like the movie? How long did it take for you to dump? Her? When there's that she didn't like it, she hated it, and uh, would like it. it, it I don't know. There, I I can usually. I'm usually fine. I'm not a super sensitive person when it comes to like movies and stuff. But there are some movies, yeah, that I get very defensive of. Oh, I and get this it. Is kind of one. This is yeah. kind of one of them. No, no, I get that. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> it's really annoying to be completely honest with you. But um, but a great no great great time. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to rewatch this. Movie. I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to f- try to figure out what it is you think I was going to be put off by. Uh, I think I was just mis. I think I was misjudging and misremembering the movie. To be completely honest with you, yeah, uh, at this point, the only thing. Uh, again, I don't want to say too much. Yeah. 
I think it's you like, may have a problem. The only thing that I think you can have a problem with is, uh, and I won't say too much, but I think you may have a problem with the structure of the movie. But then again, you may walk away saying, no, that's part of what made it so great. Yeah, I I feel like, hey, we've been friends for a long time. I'm starting to think like... The, movie, know, the movie that was sold is only half of the movie. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll just say that. I'll just say that. That's, I've grown as a person. Like, I used to be upset about that, like, whenever it was um, Inglorious Bastards. But, like, I think Inglorious Bastards is kind of secretly one of my favorite Quentin Tarantino movies now. Yeah, you didn't like For, Inglorious Bastards? I didn't like it as much as I do now because, like, the whole trailer was about the bastards. And then it was like, well, then you watch the movie and it's like, well, it's... The bastards are in it, but they're not in it enough. And then the rest of the movie is like some like is like Tarantino trying to do like a French film. And now I look at that. And I'm like, nah, nah, I was wrong. This movie's great. It's uh, it's amazing. Like the whole movie's great. Mm-hmm. So like I've definitely like come around from like if I'm promised one thing and I like really think that I'm going to enjoy that if I get that. But also like there's some kind of like totally different, like seemingly out of left field aspect of the movie. I'm still going to enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. That, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So, all right. Well, yeah, hey. I, I'm champing. I'm champing at the bit. I uh, uh, we gotta go, I man. Because I want to watch. I'm literally like, like I know, like the idea is like, ha, we record these ahead of time so we can go watch them over the week before we actually come back together. You may, record. you may watch this more than once before I record again. If I don't watch it tonight, it will be the first thing I do tomorrow. Now, Clay, let me leave. Let me leave you with a little something. What's that? Under the crimson primordial sky, surrounded by the jagged rocks of the ancient volcanic mountain, the wretched warlock reached into the dark embrace of the fissure until his hand touched a smooth, glassy surface, cold as ice. His fist closed around the serpent's eye. Slowly he withdrew it and held it before him in the fading light of the blood-red suns. It glowed from within, a ghostly emerald light. Strange and eternal hayden all right we're 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 gonna go watch the movie we'll be right back back from the eternal void (laughs) i gotta say i think officially this is probably the quickest turnaround we've had from recording our intro and and watching the movie and being ready to record the rest of it could it be any other movie clay i think the only other one that's going to come close is maybe national treasure 2 book of secrets You'll be over at my house to, rec- Look, to watch that movie. Here's the thing. And then you'll immediately want to record it, right? Here's the thing. Other than like other than this one. All of the Nick Cage movies I'm looking forward to and have been looking forward to are like the middling ones. I like I know, the right? middling ones. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, Hayden, this is, um, man, this is one I've been looking forward to. Like, like I said, I, I had it. I owned it. It was, and just, this was so on brand for me. Uh, I go to open the, like, I go to open the case and I realize I still haven't even taken the plastic off of it. That is you. <laughs> that I is bet so- you still haven't even taken the plastic off Lonesome Dove. And that's, what, a decade now? Maybe more? <laughs> Probably. No, I think I did because it had those really ugly blockbuster stickers on them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I haven't watched it yet. And I... I, I <laughs> oh, man. Larry I McMurtry just died, me. so you should you should watch it soon. Yeah, I should watch it soon. And I've been, like... I've talked about this before, but I've been really getting, like, a weird, like, cowboy aesthetic going on in my in my routine. Oh, uh, yeah, like, yeah. You're a shit kicker now. Yeah, I'm a shit kicker now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit kicker. Hey, Hillary. finally. No, no. I've told you you know about how like i bought this really nice like custom hat like uh with like a bonus that my job gave me uh-huh. uh, it's finally coming in like the the store just got it in and they're gonna they're gonna shape it up for me and then sh- and ship it to me mm, nice after like you know six you, months you know what aesthetic i'm gonna go for what's your aesthetic i'm gonna go for the jovan warrior come forth from the storm clay <laughs> maybe i'll get myself a. Uh, Tainted Blade of the White Knight. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I'm, I'm sorry. I want to get back to this. I've been so excited to watch this movie. Like I said, there, you know, for a while I wanted to save it because like, I have a friend of mine. I think she would have really liked this movie. And I wanted to watch it with her. And, mm-hmm. and it just never happened. And then the pandemic hit. So, that you know, got put on the back burner, of course. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I was like, oh, shit, I have this movie. I need to watch it. We were like in the early stages of the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. at that point, it's like, well, Just fuck, wait it you got to wait, wait, wait it out. out. Yeah. And like, oh, man, dude. I'm yeah, I, this so would have been this would have been we haven't gotten into the conversation yet, but this probably would have been a less fun conversation had you seen it already yeah because the first impression especially for something like this the first impression is everything now oh yeah let me tell this isn't really a tell on myself but it is like exposing some privilege (laughs) when this came out i was huh where's your whistle (laughs) the horn of abraxas uh we uh whenever but could you imagine if if brother swan just walked out into the woods and was looking around, lit only by the lights from the van, looked into the darkness, pulled up the ocarina and just went. <laughs> it just echoed. I mean, it's the, the only way the movie would have been better. That's the only thing that could have improved the movie. But anyways, so um, so at the time this came out in 2018, I was, uh, live- I was not only living in uh, Central Texas... With some major hubs, you know, around me. Mm-hmm. But also, I was working at a theater chain that happened to be really promoting this thing. And so, everyone I knew uh, from my inner circle over there mm-hmm. could actually go see it, and most of them did. Yeah. So, whenever, like, it came out, I remember talking to my to some of my friends back here in Southeast Texas. I was like, y'all gotta see Mandy. And everybody was like, yeah, but, like, we don't have time to drive to Houston to go see a movie anymore. Like, that used to be fun a few years ago, but, you know, things get crazy. So, so it was a bit of a bummer, like, much later. 
I wound up watching it uh, over, uh, you know, I was just FaceTiming with a friend and we wound up syncing, syncing it up together and watching it. And so I, I want to go into asking you a question. Sure. Because, I mean, the... And this is this is sort of like a, a hipster thing to say, especially because I don't really value the theatrical experience as much as I used to. But uh-huh. this is one of those movies that, man, seeing it on the big screen was like a revelation. I like can was, imagine. And the sound, like I'm not, I'm not kidding. Yeah. The whenever the DCP came in, it it you know it tells you the sound preference, the volume preference. Yeah. And so the sound was huge when the when the score is tuning up at the beginning. Yeah, you're just like totally immersed in it. And yeah. watching it with my buddy over, you know, synced up. I know he keeps his volume pretty low because he has neighbors in his apartment. And so I was like, man, I can tell this is not playing as well for him. And I don't, I don't think he quite liked it as much as he probably could have. But um, how did it I'll work for you at I'll home? say two things. I do agree that I think this movie would have played very differently on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I don't think, for me personally, I don't think that it would have been a necessarily better experience. Okay, that's right. Because you are like, alone in the complete darkness of your home, yes. which is different. Yeah. Yes. And thankfully, I have an apartment that's very thick-walled because it's very old building, so it's got very thick walls instead of like cheap, thin walls. So you can so go can up to the double digits on your volume. I can go a little <laughs> higher on the, du- on the on the volume. And also, but like I think here's two things that really help. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think the big thing that really helps is I, I don't have a surround sound system, but I do have, I think, a, 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 a better-than-average stereo setup that's hooked up to my TV. Yeah. And I so I got like a I got a I got a subwoofer. You got the I got Bose, two really man? nice speakers. You got the Bose? No, it's not Bose, but Okay. It's like good entry level for like a high def system. Yeah. But I have I got I got I got left and right speakers, I got a center channel, and I got a subwoofer. Right. And like to it's not a bad setup. Like I mean it's not the best setup, but I mean for It was better than watching it on like on your the, laptop or or your TV's stereo like right. you know st- right. stock stereo like uh speakers right so like that helps but i really liked being able to watch it on my screen on my big screen because i feel like there's some parts to this movie that like being on the big screen it's too large it's too sometimes the screen is so massive that you miss little details right and i felt like which is weird there's some some parts i really want to like talk about specifically but i felt like it was more intimate being yes in, that's fair like watching it in, at home like i feel like it's a movie that despite being like a very heavily visual movie which i think usually is something that works better on the big screen mm-hmm. i think because it's a the style of the movie i think actually works better in the more intimate space of being in your especially, home especially especially the first half especially especially the first half, the first half. Yeah. And because there's some things I want to talk about that I thought were like really crazy that I really enjoyed and I, I appreciated and I, I loved. Um, so, okay, Hayden, I got to ask you, you kind of admitted that you were, as a joke, gaslighting me about this movie. 
I was like, playing I, a bit of reverse psychology. Okay, so you really were just like, oh, I, don't, I think there's something in here. I wanted I you... I Because I know how hype affects me. It's amazing right. that I like this movie as much as I do. Because <laughs> hi, I'm not kidding. I go into every... I don't want to, but I go into every movie knowing what people are saying about it, and I judge it against that. And so... More often than not, I'm at least slightly disappointed by the experience. Nah, so I, I know how my mind works. Yeah, so I was uh, like, I want Clay. I want to. I want to plant a seed of doubt in Clay, so that whenever he actually watches the movie, he'll go, "Nah, shut up, Hayden. This is good." Yeah. Now, okay. Fuck you, then. <laughs> Especially <laughs> since I did appreciate that. Like you made it. Like you made it seem like. Oh, there's something horribly problematic in it. So you're like, I hate the fact that you're trying to like make it seem like, because like, fuck you, like. Well, okay. For that, as as long as long as we're on this subject, I want to just say, Clay. uh, There, there is a term that I will use as a term of endearment from this movie that perfectly encapsulates you. You are a vicious snowflake, Clay. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. Uh, no, fuck, fuck off with that. Like, I care about the issues and things like that. And I like, we'll talk about like social issues and I will critique movies through that lens. But just because, you know, a movie has quote problematic your, elements. Your favorite movies the, are cop movies. You own a bunch of guns. You're, you're practically, <laughs> I, you're, I am you're practically, cop, you're practically part of the problem is what we're saying. Guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. As I've said before, now that I own guns. It's because I am waiting for the day to arm the proletariat. I have a leftist okay. reason for owning guns now. Who's the proletariat? That's that's the working class. The oh, people who gonna... are not the, the people okay. Who are not you're you're gonna guns. give guns to the guys who work at the plants. Okay, Clay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give guns to the people who do not uh, own the means gotcha. of production so that we can take them for the, in the in the communist revolution. I, I want to tell you right now. If Power you to get, all the workers. If you, if you workers give... unite. If you get guns to the plant workers, I I don't know what you're expecting to come for that. Most of them probably not guns now there. because they're still also. Like, we live in okay, an area well, where the working I, class owns guns, Clay. Yeah, they own. Well, guns. yes, true. That's true too. But just like, admit you I, like having guns. I do like having guns, and I'm not a you know I'm not ashamed. They feel of good in your hands, feel Clay. Good now. They that, feel like, good now. Me. I could give a leftist just. Yeah, okay, so this is bullshit. Yeah, this is bullshit. I I mean, let's to be fair. I would have <laughs> guns either way. It's just. Remember, I've talked about it before. I went from being a right-wing gun nut to, like, an embarrassed liberal, and now I'm, like, a radical right. leftist who's like, fuck yeah, we got guns. Right. Yeah. But I don't want to, like, talk about, like, the the about communist theory and, like, the, the revolution. I fucking like never want to talk about that. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to talk place about for it. It's not fun. Yeah, exactly. Go to a different well, podcast. Let's talk about fucking Mandy, which, holy shit, this is, like, one of my favorite movies now. It's, like, oh, it's so fuck. good. It's, I, it's so great. And and I, every time I watch it, I kind of ride the high off it. Right now, I've got it at number one on my ranking. In yeah. a few weeks, Raising Arizona may pop back up and still yeah. the top spot. But, yeah. man, this is just so much... This is just so much of my shit. I yeah. Oh God, fuck. When it yeah. get when it gets down to it, I love horror fantasy more than I love broad comedy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Okay, so I want to say you talk about the hype. So I want to say something. You talk about the hype. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like. I knew like people liked it, 
Okay, and you I don't saw... remember the like online stuff whenever this I, was because I don't pay attention to that stuff anymore, really. Okay. Like, well, at I the time, something... at the time I did, and this was, I mean, it was marketed as you love Cage, you love Cage going crazy, right? This is the Cage going crazy movie, and it was like memed nearly to death for a short time. And it was just like... And I mean, it is that to some degree. I mean, that's not the best part of it. It's meme-worthy, but I do feel like... Like, I mean, I remember being in a theater, and this is, this, is, this is a major point of why watching it alone would be better. I remember watching it in a theater and people laughing at completely inappropriate times because Cage is yelling or something like that. And oh, I'm yeah, not going to... off with that. I'm not going to take that away from somebody... Seeing Nick Cage in Whitey Tidies downing vodka on a toilet by itself as a visual is, is funny. It's just kind of funny. It's beca- but, because it's but insane. Like, but in the context of the movie, and that's the that's the thing that bothered me is no one took this. I'm not gonna say no one took it as seriously as they should have. It's a movie; they can take it however yeah. they want. But it like I I find this movie very emotional, and yeah, there were a lot of people who were just looking at as at looking at it as a sensory experience which yeah. again is well, fine it is, it is a sensory experience yeah but i but don't like, know man this movie I makes mean, like, me really I, no but i feel like there's something about like understanding tone the the director and the people like involved with the creating the visual and, and narrative experience of this movie had like a tone in mind and they fucking nail it and so like yeah i i don't want to be that person that tells people like it, we don't want to be gatekeepers, right? I don't want to tell people you can't enjoy it. You can't. You but can Clay, only enjoy a movie a certain way. Clay, but I do let's, feel like Clay, let's be gatekeepers. <laughs> let's do it. Let's no, do it. But like, because like you can't, you can't, you can't gatekeep that. People are gonna enjoy mm-hmm. movies however they yeah. want. Like you yeah. can't. But like, I feel like read the tone, like the movie, and like the in in the room, so to speak. But I guess if a lot of people are laughing at it, like. The, the room was okay with it, which kind of, like, I'm like, ah, you but, and, you're and missing and out. You're missing I, out on something. You are, but it's also, I'm not going to say it's a problem, because I thought this movie was marketed pretty well, but when you go in and Alamo Drafthouse is just telling you this is the Crazy Cage movie, yeah, and you sit that? through the first hour, and it's not that, once it gets to that, you're kind of like, okay, this is the shit I came to see. Let's have a good fucking time. And maybe a lot of people were kind of checked out during the first half. Yeah, probably so. And so uh, I, feel, I, I, feel I can't bad totally. For I, I yes, exactly. I feel more bad for those people, but yeah. also, I mean, this movie exists. They can go back and watch it again man. and have a different experience. Ah, oh, but man, like I loved everything. It's trippy and fucking psychedelic. It's psychedelic, dude. You said psychedelic. Psychedelic. Yeah. That's what I said. Psychedelic. <laughs> so it's fucking psychedelic. Um, it's it's very creepy and unnerving. And but here's the thing I liked about it. It's definitely a horror movie, but it's not scary. It's not there for cheap scares. It is unsettling. What do you mean by it's not? Like, yeah. What do you mean by it's not scary? Do you mean like it didn't have the boo scares? It doesn't have jump scares, and it doesn't have like <laughs> it doesn't have things that like make me like want to put my fingers up and, and watch through fingers right and right it, it doesn't have that scary kind of is just such it's, a subjective word yeah. because it's like i mean the dread coming off this movie is pretty scary oh yeah yeah, yeah. but like that is a thing i i like that more than <clears throat> just the cheap scares. yeah 
Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know, I because like that's like like the thing. The thing I think is one of the best horror movies ever made because it's a movie that's like about dread and paranoia and mm-hmm. suspense. Mm-hmm. And like there are jump scares in it, but like they're very they're effective because they're very yeah. rare. Yeah. And like it's exactly I, I think and I like a good jump scare. I, I really do. I, I do too. think I do think that a movie should have no more than three, though. <laughs> yeah, and you should and you should movie. really put some like thought yeah, into it. Yeah, exactly. And I, the fact that this movie doesn't really have any of those moments, I'm fine with. Like, to no. it just was. And, and a couple things. I think what's really funny to me is I had a couple thoughts. First one, overall, this movie really felt like if uh, the video game director Suda Fifty One made a movie. Like, I don't it know feels video like, games, so. Uh, he's a guy who's known for like making very surreal, kind of weird, esoteric video games that are usually like very violent and mm-hmm. stylistic. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of this movie really reminded me of this movie he did back in the day called Killer Seven, mm-hmm. which is about a, a a a hitman that has um multiple personalities that have to that has to like fight this like zombie plague that's being released by terrorists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like just the style and the 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 very heavily stylized visuals and and like a lot of the how like a lot of places there's like heavily distorted voices and whatnot yeah like all of that kind of reminded me of like hallmarks of a lot of Suda Fifty One stuff. That's like but see a compare. Okay, I want to make a comparison. I want to make a comparison after this statement. Okay, I want to make a comparison to another artist after after this. Okay. I'm going to make you mad with this statement because I know you do enjoy some of his work. And I do enjoy this person, but not necessarily as a director. Huh. Okay. Oh, are I you think about this to... is the movie that Rob Zombie wishes he could. Okay. Okay. Literally. Okay. How many Rob Zombie movies have you seen? This was the comparison uh, I was just about to make. Yeah. <laughs> I, I it's have, funny. I it's funny that you say I that. Want to. I have not seen any of his Halloween remakes. I know you really enjoy some of those. Okay. Literally. Clay. Uh, I was... I really wish. Can I finish well, though before you interrupt? Because okay, uh, hopefully sure. I can bring it back. Uh, I, I want you to finish, the... but as somebody with an incomplete, I know, uh, I know knowledge I know. of his stuff, I feel like you might be. Uh, mis- I mis- have in- okay out of his like, f- what is it? The Firefly family, like isn't he's got like? Oh yeah, family. okay, yeah. This I've only seen Devil's House Rejects, House of a Thousand I've Corpses. De- I've heard Devil's Rejects is is better. Oh, have you only seen House of a Thousand Corpses? What have you seen by Rob Zombie? I was gonna say I feel like I've seen one other, but like I know for a fact. <laughs> hold, hey! up. hold up! House of a Thousand hold Corpses up! is famously yeah, completely yeah. different than everything else. I know. He's made. I know. Hold up! I will say the one movie he's made that I like that I do feel is very close to this movie in style oh. and quality. And I think would make oh my god would make up. Have you seen Lords of Salem? Lords of Salem. Okay, so you have that seen Lords phenomenal. of Salem. Yes. Okay. Okay. You movie. said okay. So going into this, you said this is the movie he wishes he could make or wants to make. I think like wishes like like if Rob Zombie because like everything aligned perfectly for Rob Zombie. I, I think that's what this movie would be. I like. think I think everything aligned for Rob Zombie or everything aligned perfectly for Rob Zombie twice. And Lords of Salem is one of those times. I think Lords of Salem is amazing. I do too. I do think that like this I enjoyed this movie better and I feel like it does a lot of the things that I feel like Rob Zombie wants to do in a movie and does them better. But 
Like if if I would put Lords of Salem as a solid eight, this is a ten. I put them both as tens. I love you both. Put them both. Them, I might have to rewatch Lord of Salem. It's been a. It's, I, I watched it when it first came out on mm-hmm. Blu-ray because I it didn't <clears> come out in theaters near us. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not. It's not, was that? It's not really a movie I want to go see in theaters. I'd rather watch horror movies at home because you get that. You're home by yourself. You can turn the lights out. You know, there's nobody else. Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely really creepier at home. But I do yeah. love being around a crowd watching yeah. horror movies. But I need to rewatch it because it's been <clears> years. <throat> but I, I think that's his best work. But like, it's still. Even for me, I was like, "It's good," but like, I want to, I want, I want better. And I, oh, I like man. Rob Zombie. I, I, Rob Zombie's fucking cool, man. Like, I just gotta say, you don't like Dracula? About- oh, no, I thought you were making fuck- fun of his music. No, I fucking love Dracula. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. No, his music. Playing in the back of my Dracula. So good. No, I think what's really cool is he seems like a really cool guy who like really does like. He's a great interview to listen to. Yeah, too. he does seem like a person who genuinely enjoys things and enjoys the things he does. Mm. I saw recently where like uh, somebody posted a thing from like uh, his Facebook page where like he was promoting um, the Japanese heavy metal pop group Baby Metal, mm-hmm. and like a bunch of like old like. Gen X boomer heavy metal ties were like, oh fuck this, this ain't real metal. And like Rob Zombie himself was personally going to each of them being like, hey, fuck you, man. You don't know what you're fucking talking about. These fucking chicks are harder than you. And I was like, hell yeah, Rob Zombie, you're the best. I want okay, so Rob Zombie, it's so funny because I think the peak of his talents, and I know we're not here to talk about Rob Zombie, so I'll keep this short. Yeah. But the peak of his talents really are Halloween 2. Mm-hmm. You can, Clay, honestly, you can skip the first Rob Zombie Halloween. It's, I like it, but it's you yeah. You definitely wouldn't, and it's not really like an exemplar of what he can do. Yeah. Halloween 2 is one of the best slashers, might be the best slasher of the last, of this century. Heck, we're only 21 years into it. I'll say <laughs> this century. And, um, and like, it's the the uh, the style. He finally reached a point where I was where I was like, and his movies that came before are distinctly Rob Zombie. Yes, like of course, Devil's Rejects is is Rob Zombie all over. Yeah, but he uh, was working. He was making it more cerebral and surreal with Halloween Two and and Lords of Salem. Yeah, and then. Lord of Salem didn't make any money, so he kind of retreated into making these. I I really do not like either one of them. These like a uh, little projects that he funded on like the internet to get made. Thirty one and and the the last one of the uh, Firefly Clan, Three from Hell, yeah. and they just look really cheap, which is a shame because Lord of Salem didn't have a huge budget, but he took so much time to make it look like it was shot on film and make it look beautiful, yeah. Yeah. and and but. What he is always his huge influences. It I love whenever you, you listen to him being interviewed by all these like horror horror uh, celebrities and and whatnot. These horror outlets. He's always kind of just giving the same answers you always hear about everything. He's not particularly invested in the conversation. But anytime someone brings up the Universal Monsters, he lights uh-huh. up like a kid and starts yeah. talking about like Frankenstein's monster and stuff. And apparently, uh, of course he'd like him. Oh, yeah, and apparently, and he's always hiding little references 
to yeah. those old movies. Like in Halloween 2, there is a direct reference to Ghost of Frankenstein. Yeah. And so it's just like it's just like, man, this guy really loves these old things. And you're like, that doesn't match his aesthetic at all. But he is finally. So I was like, he's always wanted to make something like this. And he right now he is making a movie in Eastern Europe that a lot of people thought was going to be an adaptation of, or not an adaptation, but like a reboot movie of The Monsters. But I think they were, I think it was probably a miss, like a, someone gave an interview and kind of led them astray. But he is in, apparently, it looks like he is in Eastern Europe making a gothic horror movie about, like, like involving the classic monsters. And so, I like it, I'd watch that. I'm, I mean, I'd like so to say something. In. I, He's got a rough start for like as a director, and I'm I wasn't super House thrilled of about corpses him. Is, is I kind of yeah. like it, but it's, it's no no bad. I it's not bad. It's just no, Gonzo. Like it. It, yeah, it, but I like, mean, you, I didn't feel like it was fun in a Gonzo way. I think it is. It's it's more like it, I might have to give it's more it a like watch. Texas Chainsaw Massacre two kind of yeah. you know stylization. Hey, I'll but, tell you what, Hayden. I'll tell you what. I wouldn't, you know how we've kind of talked about like doing, you know, Patreon, like, like where we watch like, other movies like where no, well, no, where we, we, um, would take a director and do theirs like real quick as like a breather between jumping into, Oh a, shit. You I would do, do a Rob movie? zombie, like retrospective. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I would but, be against it. But all of this to say, I was going to say when, it, before you brought up Rob zombie, I was yeah. going to say this Mandy reminds me. It it of this it's a horror movie in the same way that Lords of Salem and Halloween Two is because it is more about the aesthetics of mm-hmm. horror. Yes, and it's like I can't remember. I think it was Scout Tafoya who's like a who's like one of the few uh, uh, movie reviewers that I still follow. Mm-hmm. Um, he 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 put he put it like uh, I think it was Lords of Salem. He was like it's a del- it's like a horror fetishists delight and i was like that's how i feel about mandy it's like yeah it wears that skin Mm -hmm. you know it's not really it's not it's not a horror movie in the traditional sense not like a conjuring movie but it is a horror movie yes and honestly this is the kind of stuff i like and let me let me ask you you're a person who is much more like invested in like horror movies and like you know and and like you're like much deeper of a fan than i am Mm -hmm. um this kind of also felt like its its aesthetics are very like steeped in almost like European style horrors movies of like the seventies and, and and maybe like eighties and stuff. Just the, um, the mu- uh, yeah, yeah, it met much closer than you know other movies being made at yeah. this time. Other horror movies me- yeah. being made at this time, but yeah, I could see that, especially yeah. especially the look they're going for. Yeah, like it's very you know like the the fact that like. You know, there's a lot of stuff that, like, in the how do I want to say this? In like the character designs and like the costuming, that's very um, like '80s American, like you know, kind of feel to it. Like, kind of grounds it in this like heavy metal aesthetic. They're like but, Cenobite bikers and everything. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. like you know, Cage's like tiger shirt, and like uh-huh. his girlfriend wears like a Black Sabbath shirt, and mm-hmm. you know. Um, a couple other band shirts at different times and um and it, it but also but like the color and like the use of color and the lighting and like 
the 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 double exposures and things like that. It felt very much like I was like, oh, I feel like this is what like Italian horror movies kind of l- are supposed to look like. Whatever I've I've had them described to me. They definitely like take. Oh man, I yeah. We, we should do so much. And absolutely, I, but did they, it, it takes it, it takes some swings like those. Do. Yeah, and I they, mean, like, I mean, what what some people of, might say is style over substance or whatever. Which up, yeah, which I I. I Gen- I pretty generally don't like it's that. A, it's a, especially like for movies in a lot of ways because like movies are a visual medium. Exactly. Like, Style over substance is a lazy criticism. Mm-hmm. I will say that's a lazy criticism. Yeah, and I do think this is a movie that has like does have substance to it, and it's very interesting. The style like enhances the substance. Yep. More often mm-hmm. than not. So, um, and, I, and especially like I said, like it's uh, this is like a movie. It's very rare. Now, however, there is a part where I want to make a joke about this movie, but I will come back to it. But, like, it's very rare, for, in my opinion, for a movie to really nail what it feels like to be on psychedelics. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a, there's a few movies recently that, that do pretty well. I think Midsummer. Uh, yeah made me Still like trigger that. triggered me because it was <laughs> so accurate to uh my own hypothetical experiences yeah. uh and uh, i mean like the vi- and the visuals in this are just like astounding like yeah the no, no, scene I- with jeremiah sand and mandy's face like melding <laughs> back and forth is that was the part i was talking about earlier is it like, not the- a, just oh amazing it's though? so good and like that's what being on mushrooms feels like is like that kind of stuff happens at least when i take mushrooms yeah all right Allegedly. joe rogan uh all right joe rogan. <laughs> but uh no okay so we're not yeah, here. no 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 the, the, and it took me a while to notice it was happening and then when it did whenever i did i couldn't not notice it and it was just that whole scene though that whole scene is just like what being on mushrooms feels like the the vector trails you know the sound oh no oh i thought we lost you for a second <laughs> oh am i still here your yeah, your uh, okay. your screen kind of um, has your, your oh ye camera okay. photos, but oh, hold on, can you still hear me? I can still hear you. Where okay, you yeah, I don't I don't know why it it did that. I, I think I put yeah. my phone on the wrong button. Um, anyway, actu- actually, like hold on, Clay. Let me just in case this wants to shut off. I'm going to uh-huh. stop and save this, okay. and then I'm going to call you back or send me send me another link. Okay, so we uh, <laughs> we had to take a little break for a second because of some uh, technical, technical difficulties, yeah. but we're back. Uh, so anyway, I, as I was saying, like the the scene with um, Jeremiah Sands after uh, he his 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 uh, cultist um, you know drug uh, Mandy um, that scene very much felt authentically like what it's like to be on drugs like that. Yeah, which can I can I can I just kind of kind of nerd out for a second about how like drugs affect affect the brain for a second <sighs> joe do we have time for this joe we got, i'll make it quick i'll make it quick so like everybody kind of thinks that like psych uh, uh um psilocybin the stuff that i apologize to anyone listening to no this is this is interesting this is like i just think chemistry. people talking about drugs is one of the least interesting things no but it's not to. talking about like it's i'm talking about the actual brain chemistry okay 
Not like the effects or anything like that. I'm just talking about like Dude, this one time why? I was it's high, dude, and like No, 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 no. I'm not going to talk man. about I'm not going to talk about experience. Again, I am literally just talking about the brain chemistry. Okay, hit me. Okay. Hit so me the thing about that like people think, you know, one of the ways one of the things that people describe especially when being on mushrooms is that oh, it's like it feels like everything's brighter and, you know, the colors are more like pronounced Vibrant. and things like yeah. that. And like, you know, that sounds it makes people think that like, oh, it's enhancing what you're seeing but the truth of the matter is is that those chemicals what they actually do is they suppress your brain's ability to filter out extraneous um information Mm. so like what you see as a person like normally when you're sober like Uh that is your brain having to do tons of things where it um filters out extra information that you you just could not possibly handle 24 hours a day. Yeah. So when you're uh when you are on psychedelics, your brain is like that ability of your brain is suppressed. So what you're seeing when you're on mushrooms, a lot of times is you could kind of think of it as like unfiltered reality. Yeah, you're turning up like, the saturation. Exactly. And like you're turning down your abil- your brain's ability to um be able to filter out you know the stimuli that you're taking in so that's why certain things are seem more enhanced and it's why you start seeing like patterns and things like that and stuff because your brain would normally just be like that's extra information i don't actually need to process that Mm -hmm. but when you you're you're on mushrooms or and other psychedelics your brain can't do that so your brain is just like oh god it's just all coming in now and your brain is like scrambling trying to make sense of it so unfiltered reality is you sitting in mud playing with it like a Mm five-year-old oh i've been there have you done that hypothetically i mean like maybe Okay. Hey, we've we've really we revealed too much about ourselves. I think you could drop that. If, if like, are you being serious? Like, that's something you've done before. I don't know what you're talking about, Clay. Okay. Uh, we're not. Gonna, I'm not. We're beach. not gonna. That's great. Like being high on mushrooms at the beach is so much fun. This is like, what I'm saying. We're not going to talk about. It. It's so I'm, not I'm, interesting. I'm done. I'm done. All right. I'm done. Clay, I want you to guess the budget of this movie. I'm gonna say like under ten million. Okay, I, I wanted you to go higher, but nah, I felt it does feel kind of low budget, but like it it rings every last drop out of that budget. Six million. Okay. Yeah, does yeah. this movie not look like a trillion dollars? Oh, it looks amazing. It, it looks, looks so like good. The movies ever made. All right, what's another movie that we should look up the budget for that we've watched for this podcast? Let's say, <laughs> let's say, what's the last one we did? Two one one. Oh, two one one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two one one. Nick Cage, and sometimes producers inflate these budgets, so mm-hmm. we can't necessarily trust this. But let's trust it anyway. Let's take them at their word. Let's take them at their word. They're a man of their word. Okay. Why doesn't IMDb... Where does IMDb list budgets? I don't think it does. What the fuck? Why not? I don't, I don't know. Oh, I found it. I found it. Okay. Uh, It wasn't on Wikipedia either, which is my usual go-to. Yeah, what the fuck? All right. Oh, I don't... No, never mind. I don't... 
I don't think it has a budget. Like it, it, it's at least <laughs> it didn't like have one. a budget. It, <laughs> well, then that that's quite that's astounding that it looked as good as it did. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it there I can't find an official budget for it. All right, fuck it. Let's uh, let's let's do another one of the. How okay, hey Clay, Clay, guess how much the budget for Left Behind was? Uh, I'm gonna s- I'm gonna say fourteen million. Sixteen. Okay, Ten yeah. million dollars more than Mandy. Yeah, that movie looks fucking cheap as hell. That's the that's the only point I wanted to make with this. Mm-hmm. That's it's all it's about talent, man. It's yeah. about talent. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And speaking of talent, let's talk about Panos Cosmatos. How much do you yeah. know about Panos, dude? Absolutely nothing. You should look up some interviews with him. I was a little yeah. worried. I, whenever this came out, I was a little worried. I was like, okay, I like the movie. This dude's going to be pretentious as fuck. He is a delightful little fat man. Every <laughs> every conversation with him is is like a pure joy to listen to because oh, he's man. just talking about like grindhouse and exploitation movies and okay so oh, wow. he he's canadian like... i th- he's canadian but some other stuff in there too that i, I was greek it's, okay. it's you're looking for, the word you're looking for is greek he's a greek canadian he's a yeah. grecian canadian and okay don't look up anything more he, because i want to tell you do you know i'm who's... just looking at pictures of him he lo- okay he's like he's like like there's a little bit of Peter Jackson, yeah, and I'm trying to figure out like who else he kind of reminds. He's me like of a me. jolly little fat man. He's a jolly little fat man with like wild hair and beard. I love this guy. Yeah, and I like. I, I want to be. Fr- let's get him on the podcast. <laughs> and uh, okay, so do you know who his dad was, Clay? Uh, George. Uh, George P. Cosmatos, director yeah. of Cobra and Tombstone, among other things. What? Now, okay, those are I saw both. That he was the director. I didn't both. know he was the director of Cobra and now. And Tusa. Let's do George P. Cobra. Okay, next, but dude. I I do want to admit those are two bad examples to bring up. They're just the first mm-hmm. ones that come to my mind because mm-hmm. notoriously uh-huh. those movies were both really directed by their stars. True. So. Those are bad. So he made a lot more movies than that, but yeah, those are the two big ones that come to my mind. But yeah. okay, so oh wait, hold up, hold up. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're um, you you kind of buried the lead here. Let me. I want to. I want to just make sure he wasn't just um, um, like I want to make sure he was actually the director. Yeah, dude. Uh, you buried the lead. The man directed what I'm going to say, and even though the first one technically is like the better movie, he directed the best Rambo movie, Fight Me, he directed Rambo First Blood Part 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I I love that movie. Like, that movie I've never seen it. Oh boy! Like there's some like that's another that's another bad example to bring up though because Stallone only used him when Stallone wanted to direct a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that came out before Cobra though, so is it possible that like maybe I'm not sure. I'm I I don't know about the background of of, uh, Rambo two. Oh, but man, that I love that movie. Even though it's kind of it's weird. It's a weird ass movie because like it it has a lot of complicated like different things going on because uh-huh. like 
it's about like Rambo going back to Vietnam to rescue American POWs, which kind of is like a shitty thing because like my understanding they that deserve to be captured. Is what you're saying? No, implying that the Vietnamese had held on to American POWs after the war is kind of like you know American propaganda bullshit. But at the same time, like. Would it have been better if they made up a country? Maybe. I don't know. But, like, at the same time, the movie is about the people in charge who, like, work for the CIA don't want Rambo to actually succeed. Uh-huh. So, like, there's there's definitely, like, the, the, the American jingoism that is in this movie is very conflicting and weird. But, right. like, God damn it! as an action movie, oh, it's top notch. Yeah. So much fun. Well, I'm gonna bum you out. I don't know the timeline. I don't know the timeline of these things, but uh-huh. both of Panos Cosmatos's parents passed away, mm-hmm. and it affected him greatly. Mm-hmm. And so he he has thus far only made two movies. That his first right. movie was you may remember from the blockbuster days when it came out. Do you remember Beyond the Black Rainbow, Clay? I don't. Okay, I never well, watched uh- it. Didn't that come out in 2010? Maybe, maybe. So this was that was after post, yeah. I I I got out of the uh, I think I got out of the movie rental game. Got out of the movie then. business. Uh, yeah, yeah. Got out while the getting was good, Clay. But yeah. um, I think I was working for um, I was I was working for I might have been working for Michaels by that point. Okay, doing drugs yeah. on the beach at Michaels. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. So uh, I did drugs on the beach like two years ago. So uh. Cool. Um. Uh. Cool story, bro. Um. The so beyond the black rainbow, I haven't seen it, but I remember the trailers. It is pretty much this style, uh-huh. but it is very cold and clinical, mm. and like it, it's more of a science fiction movie. It's like about a right. woman. From what I remember, it's like about a woman trying to escape a laboratory testing facility. Okay. And so I'd watch that. He the way Panos describes. These two movies is he mm. was like I I use these two movies as a way to kind of self you know therapize what's what's the correct word for this like it was like self therapy yeah. making these yeah. two movies and writing them and he described the Beyond the Black Rainbow as an inhale and he described Mandy as the exhale because yeah. this is the more emotional one this yeah. is letting all of that shit out yeah and so. I see that. Like I do want to watch Beyond the Black Rainbow because I really like the guy, but I mean this is definitely more of my. Oh, this is definitely my speed too, yeah. and like I just ah oh, fuck man, this movie's so goddamn good. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you have anything more about like the background of the movie to talk about? Um, there's a f- there's a few other things. So, okay. um, hit me. So, uh, there, there's a few other people involved that I just want to bring up. Well, Elijah Wood's one of the producers. Yeah, one of the producers because he yeah. he he's like a guy over at Specter Vision, I think is yeah. the name of the company. And I really uh, do enjoy like a lot of like Elijah Wood's recent like career choices. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's uh, like, like, do you, you ever know, watch the Wilfred show? No, I haven't. That show is actually pretty good. It kind of goes off the rails. Like in I've, a good I've way heard it's good. End. I've heard it's yeah. good. I, I love that Specter Vision, and they've since canceled their partnership with richard stanley but because you know it, certain things came to light about that dude but I don't know who that is he made a the uh, um 
Color Out of Space with Nick uh, Cage. Oh, okay, right, right. I remember you said that that guy had like some allegations come out against him. Yes, uh, he's like a, uh, an, a, a a a beater. He's like a violent man. But so, um, among other things, I think. But anywho, um, but. Whenever they gave, whenever they like, they found him. He was like a hermit, and so like, uh, like he he failed in Hollywood. There's a uh-huh. great documentary about. Oh, Clay, you would love this. Oh, documentary. right, he's the guy that Island did, of Lost uh, Souls. The, yeah. He, yeah, he was the guy who did try to do the Island of Doctor Moreau. Yeah, and like climbed up a tree and never came down. And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so like, um, so anyway, so. They found him, and they were gonna. What what they were what Spectre Vision does is they is they're you know giving these directors that won't get a chance from any people with real money, they're giving them the uh, opportunity to make these movies like with you know with Final Cut and everything mm-hmm. for for a modest budget. But apparently, mm-hmm. it goes a long way, you know, because both yeah. these movies are pretty good. This oh, yeah. movie especially is very good, but yeah. But anywho, yeah, no, I really like Spectre Vision. I like what they're doing. and um, mm-hmm. But there was another person involved that I want to bring up. Clay, how did, how did you feel about the score for this movie? Oh, fucking amazing. It, Wasn't it, it haunting like, and beautiful? Yeah. yeah, it definitely has like peak John Carpenter vibes. Yes. Which I do so, feel, I do feel, I have to say this because I feel it's obligatory. I know a lot of people nowadays would be like, oh, it really reminded me of Stranger Things. It's like, yeah, because they were trying to do what John Carpenter was doing. And it's just like, that's just like a carpet. Like, I'm going to call you out a little bit, Clay. Like, most people just say Carpenter whenever they're talking about synth stuff. But, like, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And, And, like, so the guy who did the score for but this feel, was uh, to my uh, to my to my point I'm trying to make though is it's synth stuff but it's 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 very much like horror movie synth music horror movie synth feel like music that's and what like, John Carpenter's a lot of his stuff was very inspired by a certain kind of metal I remember reading about it it's oh. like drone core death but they've got so yeah. many labels these little yeah. But I might so, have to look into that. I need. I'm, I'm trying to get back into metal. I I miss it from my youth. Well, the the composer was Johan Johansson or Johan Johansson. Yeah, he's he's done a lot of stuff. He actually passed away after they made this movie. Oh, that's so the movie's dedicated to him. I think this mm-hmm. is his last film score. Right. But yeah, so another kind of little bittersweet you know, yeah thing. And then the last person I wanted to bring up because there's a few more things I want to talk about with the movie, but. Mm-hmm. Okay, speaking of Rob Zombie, which we talked about earlier. Right. Dude, the guy who plays the chemist that he goes right. see, that's mm-hmm. Richard Brake. He mm-hmm. works with Rob Zombie a lot. Mm-hmm. That guy is one of my favorite character actors. I Every time he pops up, he's usually like a disgusting, like, sleazoid. Yeah, I can like, see that. But, like, I look... Like, Literally, when he was, he's like, he plays an urchin in in Rob Zombie's Halloween Two. Mm-hmm. Literally, one of my favorite performances. He is yeah. so disgusting, and you're like, this is the sleaziest person I've ever seen in a movie ever. But yeah. something about this guy is like transfixing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, whenever he popped up in this movie, that was just another little, uh, another little a thing that just you're just like, oh, this is just made for me. I know, I know. Was there any... Okay, so there's a few other things I want to talk about, but it's less, like, facts and stuff like that. Right, okay, okay, okay. 
Yeah. yeah, let's talk about. Oh wait, there's one big fact that I gotta I gotta drop. Yeah, what did you want? People. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's one big one. Bill fucking Duke. Okay, I want you to educate me. The the only thing I really know Bill Duke from is Predator. Oh, no, nah, man. He's like in Commando. Because um, he's the he's the guy that like looks at Arnold and goes, I think he's like, he's like, f- he's like, fuck you. And, and, and like, uh, still a source of like comes back and is like, no, fuck you. And like, <laughs> it's something like that. Like, they just, it's great. Uh, I remember him else? playing a suit in something else that I had seen. Oh, I'm sure. He's fucking great, man. He is great. And, and uh, I was like, I was like, Clay, you're going to. You're going to clap when you see Bill Duke come oh, in with his little dog and his little yeah. camper. Uh, what else is, is old Bill Duke in? That's Old Bill Duke. Yeah, I mean, that's really about... I guess it's... Ah, surprisingly, that's like the only things that like, I've seen. I've, he's in some other stuff that like I'm familiar with, like that it exists, but I've never actually seen. Because mm-hmm. um, like he's in Menace to Society... Uh, he's in Red Dragon, which is the the movie that's based on the book that came before Silence of the Lambs. He's in X Men: The Last Stand. Uh, yeah, he's wow, I'm actually shit. damn. I'm really surprised that like basically for me, like that guy was in Commando and 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 Predator. And yeah, he all is, I like, know one of my favorite is, favorite yeah, actors ever. All I know him from is Predator, and mainly I just remember him saying like anytime. Or whatever he says yeah, with yeah, the yeah, knife yeah. and everything. Yeah, uh, he's 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 awesome though. He's so cool. Yeah. But Clay, okay, so this is so this is kind of what I want to talk about a little bit because we're not really okay. going to synopsize this. But no, I remember because like that's kind of the thing I want to I want to at some point talk about is like this is a very loose narrative film. Very simple. Very yeah. simple. And and like it's and when people just, say style over substance, I feel like they're missing the point. Yeah. It's 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 a kind of story you have seen a million times, mm-hmm. but I think you when you boil it down, you've seen every story a million times, yeah. and and sometimes like I mean this is this is like a, you know it's a it's a muscular excuse to like work out some style in mm-hmm. and. More so, I think the main reason I wouldn't categorize this as style over substance is because it's actually really effective emotionally as well. Yeah, it's you know it's not in service yeah. of nothing. You know, no. it is it is propelling this revenge narrative and doing something a little different. You may have picked mm-hmm. up on this clay, but I wanted to. I didn't really, I didn't really notice it until i heard or read an interview with panos cosmos Mm -hmm. about it so clay what differentiates this and does something new with the revenge tale Mm -hmm. okay can i can i give like my feelings about it before i want to yeah absolutely absolutely. okay so because i want to i want to do it like while i'm still like fresh with my own feelings i don't want to be influenced by anybody here are the things i was thinking about because i know i have said on this podcast i have come for the revenge movie yeah what i've come i've come for the revenge movie so to To this you've come to this movie for the revenge no 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 no, no, no. what i'm saying is is like whenever it comes i've 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 basically gone after revenge movies for like you've gone after vengeance a love story Yes, and like, yeah. and I think in revenge movies in general, and I feel like we've had a couple other revenge movies on here, possibly. I think but, so. 
Yeah, but whatever. And, and like, you know, I've talked about how, like, hey, a lot of times these movies are about violence against women and then the man's quest for vengeance. Mm -hmm. I think there are a couple things that this movie does that kind of does differently than those movies do. And it's also kind of the reason why I enjoy Irreversible, despite being a very, like, visceral, disgusting movie. And here's my thing. I think this was the feeling I got from it is that um, first off, I do appreciate that, like the violence taken against the, the against Mandy in this movie was not sexual in nature. Like no. there's a sexual element to like the reason why Jeremiah Sands picks her as his victim. But we don't have to like sit through and watch him like sexually assault her in any way yeah it's more about like i mean it's i mean the sexual i mean the sexuality is there yeah but but it's not sexual it's more about owning yeah it's more about just owning her the power and control which is really what like rape is about anyway right right you know right so it like gets at the heart of the matter of the of these things without actually having to show it and force it on us yeah. Okay. Exactly. Because, um, like, he does expose her, himself to her, which is also kind of, like, fucked up. But, like. But she laughs kinda, at him. And she laughs at him. She, like, she laughs, kind of takes she that She laughs power at him, him, which is. Exactly. It, yeah. It, it, like, and, then, and, and so, like, because she took that power away from him, he murders her. Exactly. He doesn't and, rape and murder her. He murders right, her. He just murders her. And I. Which think, is also not good. Not good. But. <laughs> You know, um, somehow it's because of, because of because of just the way humans are, mm-hmm. it is less icky. Yeah. It's just less icky. Um, and I think like a lot of times that's used for cheap, like rape and yes. sexual assault is used for cheap, like, like in *Vengeance: A Love Story*. Yes, exactly. Um, so here is the thing. This is the thing that I think really nails why i like this movie and maybe i'm wrong but the feeling i got from it is that i think you're about to guess what i was just going to tell you typically with revenge movies they're satisfying and they're clean you get mm-hmm. finished with them the there's going to be a shot of the hero like going to the gravesite of the person that he's you know avenging and like lays flowers on there or like in something like revenge a love story like the person everybody gets to have their happy ending Right. This this movie doesn't have a happy ending. The the worst like, ones the worst ones are clean. Yes. The worst ones are like, well, we fixed Vengeance solved everything. Yeah, Vengeance but solved the best, everything. The best revenge stories are about how violence begets violence exactly. and no and nothing is gained. Nothing is gained. Nothing like like You're still empty. Red as a character is forever changed and for the worse because of this. And he's even worse. Because he took his vengeance. Because like um he's a there's beast. a scene where he takes the yeah, he's a beast. He took he took some of the, the tainted LSD that made the the what are they called in the movie again? Uh the the, the black skulls. The black skulls. He took some of their LSD the and sludge. Became, he took their sludge like them and now he's just this, you know, uh murderous. He's Jason Voorhees. Know, yeah, he's yeah. just Jason Voorhees. And like, 
the the final shot not to give spoilers or anything he's driving no, just off. go watch the movie go watch, go the, watch movie the movie yeah yeah, yeah 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 uh if you haven't watched the movie like we're talking about it, what are you doing <laughs> seriously for real yeah um i've been you waiting knew for them to spoil you know what we were talking about it wasn't a surprise yeah you had time yeah. <laughs> um but he he's the final shot is he's I, I'm guessing it was like supposed to be like a memory. I felt like it was a memory of them of meeting. How they meeting yeah. and like the final shot is she's in the car with him, but it's a it's a figment of his imagination. And then you just see him with this crazed look on his face and all the blood covering his face, and he's just kind of wide eyed driving into the night and whatnot. And like you're kind of left with this moment of like, oh, like he's broken and like not and like nothing is fixed and 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 everything is worse than it was when it started and like i think that that's a good way to handle a revenge story because like really like revenge doesn't solve the issue no doesn't fix anything and And that that is the point most revenge movies try to make or mm -hmm. you know but do a very bad job of it, I think. I've, I think only a handful do it very well. And I think that's why Irreversible is a movie that works, even though it has things that on their surface would seem very problematic. And they are. I'm not going to say they're not, but I think it uses them effectively because in that movie... Are they not- problematic if that's the point, you know? Yes and no. I You know, um, I, but, I think. But, like, but- whatever. Okay, but like the so, thing is, is that's a movie where the people who are trying to get revenge fail miserably because they kill the wrong person, right. and the person who actually is the villain of the story, so to speak, just gets away. And it's like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. how things actually work out. Now, I'm going to tell you what I read or heard. I can't remember what kind of interview it was. With Can Thanos I ask, Cosmos. like, how, how close am I? Because you, you, Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's different. It's different. It is but, different? Um, okay. Yes. And okay, That's so the author. It's still I al- exactly. I already love this movie. This just gave me a whole new appreciation mm-hmm. for it. And honestly, author's intent only means so much. Clay, yeah. you t- you take from the movie whatever you want to take yeah. from it. But what a reason why I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, another reason why I love it so mm-hmm. much, and why I think it transcends its own genre a little bit, and mm-hmm. and um you know, does something radically different mm-hmm. is Panos Cosmato said his intent was that Mandy possesses red and gets her own revenge through her lover. Oh. And that's the, that's the reveal at the end when they're both riding in the car together. Oh, and okay. I don't know at what, like every time I rewatch it, I'm not sure at what point that happens. I think because he starts having visions of her after she's dead. Yeah. And once he takes the LSD, I'm thinking that opens him up to possession. Yeah, I could see that. I don't okay. want to literalize too much of this because I don't think that... I think there's a movie that's made worse when you try and literalize things and not just yes. kind of go with it. No, you just kind of have to go with it. Which, that's because, that's another thing that I want to talk about. Because like that, the, the very... Everything about this movie is like fantastical. Okay, Clay, like, can I tell you something that annoys me? What's that? Not about the movie, but about the discourse around the movie. Okay. And and movies like this. Okay. Movies like this, where they are so gleeful in their, in their, um, you know, in their surreality, their magic realism, yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's in, in, in 
the fantastic like the fantasy like, aspect. No, of it. like no movie is real. No, no, no movie is entirely no. realistic. Yeah, you're always getting movie. it from a perspective. Yeah, yeah, from a different POV. Yeah. But some movies go further to be like you're stepping through a door and this is the Twilight. You know, this is something yeah. else. Yeah, I. It makes me so mad when like people try their hardest to rationalize something like this. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing a podcast and again, I mean this is this is just stupid complaining about what other people said on podcasts, but it anno- I can't help it. It really annoyed yeah. me when they were like they were like, "But how much of this movie is really real?" And and I was like, "What? That's a stupid question." And then they That's were like question. like the bikers. Uh so, what, like they all they were all like going on about how they were just regular bikers who got tweaked and were junkies and we're seeing them through the perspective of red's warped you know grief mind and i was like please do not do this don't this reminds me of whenever i saw that movie the witch Mm -hmm. and it's it's a wonderful try, movie. Because, try not to say anything too much about it because that's also a movie I own that I haven't watched yet. Okay, really I, I'm not gonna it. I'm not gonna spoil anything. Okay, but it's wonderful because it is upfront with the supernatural is real in this movie. Right. And as soon as it ended, the guy next to me in the theater went, "The witch was a metaphor," and he wasn't joking. And I was like, "This is one of the movies where you can say the witch." Of course, it's a metaphor because it's a movie. But yeah. the witch in the in the narrative of the movie is not just a metaphor. It is a witch. Yeah. These bikers are demonic bikers. They are literally yeah. summoned by a magic ocarina. Yeah, play. and like this they movie? look they look crazy. Like they look like weird BDSM bikers yes. who like talk about like consum- like consuming blood and shit before red like meets them like exactly in the in the in the in the the universe of the movie they are what they are this movie takes place in another the reason why they look (laughs) that way for for like in the movie like as the movie like the the fictional reality i'm sure is some is metaphorical but they're not the way they look and act is not based on rhett's perception because Mm -hmm. He, we meet them as audience members before Red, do, Red does. I keep saying Red for some reason. Before That's Red right. does. Yeah. Fuck I off. just, it just may, I, it's one of my pet peeves when it comes to people talking about movies. Ugh. I really dislike I, when people are so, I'm trying to find a, a PC word for it. <laughs> I'm not going to say like a bad word, but like, but like they are so, okay, okay, I can't. They are so adamant about like it's like they can't get out of their own head for a second. It's like yeah. they refuse to believe that a story can be not of not taking place in this absolute right. reality. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just it bugs me because I'm like yeah. this movies are like the perfect movies, books, music. They're the perfect invitation to step out of that. You know? Right. Yeah. Agreed. And it's so, I don't know. It just, it really, like don't, cause like, here's the thing. That movie is very surreal and dreamlike from the fucking jump. Right. Yeah. Like, um, one of the things I wanted to talk about that I really loved, I really loved how, like 
the 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 like establishing shots of like the environment in various places they look so otherworldly yeah like they the like the sky in various places just looks like a matte painting for like or like the looks like it comes off the cover of like some pulpy fantasy novel and one of one of these people one of these people would be telling you Ah, but the first half of the movie is from Mandy's perception, and she draws fantasy. And I would say, she can do that, and they and she can also exist in a world that is more magical than ours. <laughs> like, I mean, but why? I mean, that's that's fine. I don't. I just think it's annoying to like try and take this away from us, Clay. Yeah, like. <sighs> but I will say I, one thing that kind of I kind of laughed to myself about. Was whenever, whenever um, <laughs> Nick Cage like dips his finger and tastes the like tainted LSD, and he his immediately face feels off. the effects. I'm just like, that's not how drugs works, movie. His face, <laughs> his face literally melts off. Yeah, his face literally <laughs> melts and whatnot. It's so like, awesome. Basically, becomes one with the cosmos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, but Clay, like, maybe that's I, how the I, sludge works. Yeah, maybe sure. That's how the whatever. Works. Fuck off. But like, I get like for if nothing for if for no other reason like. I got understand why it works the way it did in that movie moment, but it's just like it made me laugh, you know, because uh-huh. it's like that's not how true. But because because of the reason why, the reason why I feel that way is a lot of movies that f- like really do kind of like over like over like exaggerate like how drugs work, and like if you take something like you immediately feel the effects of it, and it's like no fuck off. But like for this, it works because like it has to work that way, right? Because like you can't have you, you can't have him be like well what is this thing and then twenty minutes later all of a sudden he starts feeling it no you need it to be immediate it needs to be kind of magical in the way it works right yeah. I mean like I said I said it you know he takes a potion and becomes Jason Voorhees like yeah the the the, the potion quote unquote is some tainted LSD supposedly but like it works that very same way right I um, and, and and I'm so glad you brought up the comparison of like. 80s paperbacks because at the time I was really into this book by Grady Hendrick called Paperbacks from Hell and I mean I still am it's still awesome and I love Mm -hmm. I love like junky horror fiction and like just as much as metal album covers (laughs) as as much as this reminds me of metal album covers this movie is an 80s paperback dude like those those books are always like filled with nonsense, <laughs> flowery and like yeah. really masculine like yeah. prose. Yeah. And then and, and like they are incredibly self-indulgent. They go on like tangents as mm-hmm. much as they want. They're mm-hmm. crazy, but mm-hmm. they're like hardly ever boring, you know. Yeah. And so you like could, that's this movie. You could take any scene, any frame of this movie and airbrush it on the side of the van and it would work. Oh yeah, especially the <laughs> shot of the shot of Lizzie the tiger, like like growling oh, at the yeah, yeah 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 that's so <laughs> awesome, <laughs> so awesome. The oh, only 100%. thing, the only thing, I do wish this movie had a bit of a bigger budget because uh, I wanted Lizzie to fight with Nick Cage. Oh God, that would have been great. Yeah, but th- those are all the notes I had. What what yeah. else did you want to talk about, Clay? I don't know, man. I think I I I don't know if there's anything. We've I gone really for we've gone for a bit. We've gone for a bit. It's just it's, it's so good, and it's like the visuals are amazing. 
the um the, the the cinematography everything about this movie is just the best oh one of my favorite things was um i really like um whenever he what what is what do they call the the ocarina thing the horn of abraxas a horn of abraxas okay i couldn't remember the exact wording of it okay yeah whenever they whenever like they they hand over the the horn of abraxas like the everything changes like yes. all of a sudden there's like a green pulsing light like there's some weird <laughs> like droning bass playing and whatnot and oh it's just I love those little moments where it's just like holy shit everything about this movie's just turned on a dime for literally no goddamn reason. And like I think that's why like you can't take this as a movie that has any kind of realism to it. No. Because, and you shouldn't like, you why, would you wanna, why would you why want it? Why would you want to? Why would you want to? Why would you take that away from yourself? Like, yeah. just accept that Go with this it. movie exists in some kind of weird, you know, micro universe where this weird stuff happens. Yeah. Because, like, that's what the movie wants you to do. Like, it takes itself very seriously and is very weird in places and, like, is fucking bonkers. And But it's so fucking good I so you don't so, so you don't think that you think that the two halves work well together yeah okay i don't i remember i remember that being a criticism yeah no i thought it all made sense like in in its own way like it's it's a weird ass movie but like yeah it's it's a slow build for an awesome extended payoff yeah the payoff is so oh and oh we haven't even talked about the best part chainsaw fight chainsaw fight <laughs> there's a cut there. and i love the fact that like red just has like a regular ass chainsaw oh, this dude just pulls out this like fucking five these these kind chainsaw. of scenes these kind of scenes are always metaphorical dick measuring contests mm-hmm. i love that cha- that red has like a, a chainsaw yeah and then this dude pulls out an impossibly long like 15 yeah. foot chainsaw that's so and it's like my chainsaw dick is way bigger yeah, than it's yours so and he kills him with his own dick dick chainsaw no i think he killed him with the little one i th- i think the larger one is running on the ground and he throws him on it i thought it was the little one that got stuck on the ground let's say it's the bigger one though <laughs> He kills him with one of them. Yeah, that was great. Um, oh, I also love. Um, I also love when he finally does kill Jeremiah. Like he squishes his head and he comes. He fucking yeah. comes. Yeah, he does. He orgasms. The psychotic drowns where the mystic swims. <laughs> You're drowning, <laughs> and I'm swimming. Ah, uh, so good. So it's so good. Ah. Yeah. Oh, and I love all the animated dream sequences. Like those came out of nowhere, and I was just so down for them. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, real quick. I wanted to yeah. hypothesize. This may lead okay. into the question, Clay. Right, right, right. Although I think we should say everyone in this is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrea Riseborough is only in the first half, and a few, mm-hmm. and a few, you know, visions later mm-hmm. on. She leaves such a presence over mm-hmm. the entire movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is astounding. It's like astounding. And I think she was perfect for the 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 role because like she has a very like otherworldly look. look. Oh yeah, like it's very weird. But I was like, it made sense in the context of the movie, and it it worked so well. Mm -hmm. I was just like, she's strike. She's striking. Yeah, she's almost like alien in the way she looks. Yeah, and and I mean they they. They did some they, makeup and oh, put yeah, a contact yeah, yeah, yeah. lens and whatnot. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. 
But I mean, she is she is absolutely striking. And it's amazing. Yeah, Linus yeah, Roach is like <laughs> like gives three okay. great performances in one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I also like that because he kind of comes across as like like basically kind of having like a, a disassociative personality disorder kind of thing. Yeah, because especially like where the very end where he's like crying about facing that him. scene like, where, he goes, dick, man. where he goes I'll do whatever every, you want I'll suck your dick I'll he goes through every it. emotion in like yeah. a minute it's yeah. wonderful and then finally he's like now nah, fuck you motherfucker I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna fucking t- you don't I don't kneel to you you kneel to me and then like Nick Cage just like I squish your head yeah uh, it's, can I, I want to talk about Jeremiah Sands for a second I, this may be the thing that leads into it if we're talking about the hypothetical of no, KG. No, because okay. I got something else I want to say first. I want to talk about the character as it's presented as itself. Because I thought this was funny. And I said this to you, and I know um, I know this probably meant nothing to you. Mm-hmm. But I love, and for the handful of people who would might listen to this who might know, like I hope like you get what I'm saying when I say this. But I love the fact that like he's basically a kind of like a weird um version of this guy called father yod okay yeah you sent me that i had to google this guy yeah. he's like a health food guy oh uh, no, no 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 he's a cult leader who like he did he did like form like the first started like, whole foods or something he, no he started he's a cult leader who like opened the first like health food restaurant in california yeah but he was a cult leader for this this cult group called the source family and the thing that's kind of funny about him is that he made a like with the source family like with his cult members he made a uh he made a a psychedelic rock album in like the 70s. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, it's great. And like he made I was, his own so Jeremiah whenever, Sands song. So whenever Jeremiah Sands like reveals that like he made an album and tries to like share it with uh, Mandy and be like like this is like God like spoke to me and is like, hey, you got the message, dude. And I she's just, like love so high. I love just, like, that scene for multiple reasons. Oh yeah, but like the the fact that he he is so egotistical and like bears yeah. himself to be as vulnerable as he can. He's playing yeah. his fucking song about himself. Yep. He's got his little wiener out and she just completely rejects everything about yep. this dude. Yeah. It's a wonderful takedown. And yeah. like, okay, there was, there's one, there, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that yeah. I think about a lot, but the, the like sequence that I think about all the time Clay, mm-hmm. is i mean it, i mean it is the the midpoint of the movie where they're burning um they're burning mandy mm-hmm. like a witch and right. and nick cage is tied up bound in barbed wire and like screaming but you can't hear, can't hear. him oh, screaming. Yeah. I and that like, was kind of funny too and because like you thought that was funny I, not funny, haha! But like ironic. Oh, because funny. because Cage is known for screaming. Right, he's known for and screaming, and everybody everybody who's watching this movie is here for Nick Cage screaming. But like the one time he really goes for it, like uh-huh. the screaming, he's he's cut out. Like he's well, he's, he's like screaming out. and crying, and you see yeah. the visions or you yeah. see the shots of all of the different cult members, like gleefully, like. Yeah. I don't know, really, really getting off on like murdering yeah. this this yeah. uh, lady, and yeah. I don't know, dude. Something about 
I mean, because movies are a marriage of image and sound, and yeah. the the score for that scene. I don't know, man. I think about that scene all the time. No, I get it. It's very visually like, uh, uh, like you know, impressive. Like it's good. It's it's great. And and yeah, yeah no, I, it's very it's very powerful. It's very it's the image, it's a very powerful image. Okay, so it, let's... it like kind of it. Oh God, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna say something's gonna sound really pretentious. I think. Please lay it on me. But it really emphasizes the powerlessness that Red feels in that moment. That's not pretentious. I feel like it's like it's That's kind of truthful. like. Yeah, but it's like just to like really like just have to go out there and say it in like right, those kind right, of words. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm like really putting on my literary criticism cap for this one. Right. <laughs> but it's like, well, yeah, I, no, that's Clay, I already said the the chainsaws represent their dicks. <laughs> that's true. That's definitely more of a pretentious reading of it. <laughs> armchair, armchair. How, uh, can, how yeah. can he not? How can he not take that? <laughs> but so, Clay, okay. Uh, Let's hypothesize, and this will lead into the, the question. Right. Nick Cage was originally supposed to play Jeremiah Sand. Right. Do okay, we think that. that do we think that there was a rewrite between the time that Nick Cage was like, no, I want to be red. Because originally, and we talked about this before, mm-hmm. originally it was supposed to be old versus young was part right. of the dynamic of the movie. Yeah. But then then it, it age has nothing to do with it now. Now it's no. it's a different dynamic. I I personally think I haven't read anything mm-hmm. about this. I mean, if he wrote it for Cage. I definitely think the part of Jeremiah Sand was probably a little more intimidating than pathetic. Maybe. Maybe in the end, but it I was don't pathetic, think the movie would have worked as well. I don't think it would have worked as well either. Yeah. But I can't imagine this the role as it is being written for Cage. If that makes no. sense. No. No, I don't think so. Um, um, I, I think that would have been the wrong call. I don't know, man. I, I think that's one of those things. Unless, like, you know, uh, um. Oh god, what's the director's name again? Panos Cosmatos. Yeah, unless unless Cosmatos like comes out and says it, I don't think we can really ever know. And I don't, I don't right. want to speculate. Okay. I don't want to speculate on things that like you can't know. Right. Okay. Fair. Um. And, and especially like these kind of things, because like you just never know. And like maybe this is maybe maybe uh, Cosmatos thought that the that Jeremiah Sands was a perfect role for a Cage. Um. And if he and like it was exactly as we saw it. Um. But like I, d- I don't think this movie necessarily needed that whole like age, uh, or yeah, like no, it may have been too many themes. Yeah, I think I think so because I because I don't think that's what I don't think that's what the movie. And, and, and again, I, I don't know. Maybe there was rewrites. Maybe there was rewrites to like downplay that theme. Right. Um, but I just don't feel like it would have worked as well. Because like, who would play Red? Tom Holland. <laughs> Even I'm going to avenge you, Mandy. <laughs> Mr. Stark, Mr. Sands. Oh, I wouldn't like hate Chris Evans, maybe. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were like, actually, you talked me into it. Tom Holland. No, I think a Chris Evans could pull it off. Chris Evans you're, does well, like You're thinking it. too big. You're thinking too big. It wouldn't be yeah, him. Yeah, it wouldn't be him. But like, it, I'm just thinking like talent whoa, and like whoa. ability. Clay. Hmm. Robert De Niro. Did you see him in The Irishman? He's still got the moves. Swinging that axe like a fucking grandpa. 
Oh god, I forgot about the axe. Dude, I love how he just makes the himself for- a goddamn dude, he Klingon. He forges an axe. Weapon. Yeah, he okay. Forges- Try and rationalize that, guys. Yeah. How how, yeah. how real is the axe? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's before the drugs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This movie is metal as fuck. This movie, this movie exists in the in the world of an al- of a metal album cover. It's so awesome. Yeah, it's it so li- good. it it's like uh, you know, in like Harry Potter and Blue's mm-hmm. Clues, less problematic. Blue's Clues, you can jump into pictures and the, right. and the world yeah, yeah, yeah. lives inside the picture. Yeah. This is like jumping into the side of a van, like Absolutely. a painted van. <laughs> This yes, is like yes, blue skadooing into a into yeah. the side of a yep. of a fan. Yep. But okay, all right. Are we ready the for question. the question? All right, I'm gonna ask the question. question, baby. Is this a good yes. Nick Cage movie? Is this a good Nick Cage movie? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Fuck, I, I spoke. No, no, I I spoke too soon. I we really got we really got to parse this out because really it's it's more of Mandy's movie, and of course it's a good, yeah, Nick, Cage a good Nick Cage movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. of course okay. it is. The real, the real meat of of this question, or of answering this question, is: Does it, is it a good performance existing despite it playing so hard to the meme cage kind of expectations? I think sense? this is a movie much like Face Off. Yes, it's got all the meme cage stuff that you want, but it uses that effectively. Right, it's like the style it's not just, enhancing it's the substance. Not just, yes. It's not just the wicker man. Not the bees. Not the bees. How to get bird? How to get bird? It's not just those like moments. This is not. This is not Arsenal. My buddy tried to kill me. Huh? This is. <laughs> he has. He does have a line like that where he's like, "You tore my shirt, huh?" Yeah. Yeah. But that is Mandy's shirt that he's yeah. wearing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just my brother tried to kill me. Huh? Yeah. That's it oh, is. It's so good. Um, like, and this yeah. is the movie. This is the movie that exemplifies for me that, and I'm pretty sure I'm taking this from another podcaster, but I'm I'm sure I've heard this before. The reason I like Cage so much is he takes the chances other actors would be too afraid to take because they think yeah. they would look silly. Yep. He oh, this is- does the line deliveries that everybody'd be like. No, I will look like a freak if I yeah. if I say it like this. Yeah. And Nick Cage is like, you took my favorite shirt, <laughs> and it is, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a vicious snowflake. That. Like, that's the thing about Cage that's so good is that he knows what he's doing. He's yeah. not doing it because he has no instincts, yeah. and because he doesn't know how to like portray like someone as a realistic like human. He does it because he's like, I'm in a movie. This is all pretend. It's all an illusion. It's all fake. And so he wants to convey like the emotions of the character and every aspect. That's why he does an expressionistic version of acting and not, you know, like a realistic method version of acting. Yeah. He's not trying to he's not trying to um, inhabit a character. He's trying to express that character. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and like, this is a great version of that. It's mm-hmm. so fucking good, mm. and I, I loved mm. every minute of it. Like, I have no negative things to say. We did. I will say this: we went this whole podcast and did not mention the Charlie Brown kid. What's the Charlie Brown kid? Are you talking from the the, the cheese goblin? 
<laughs> commercial. Well, we also didn't bring up Cheddar Goblin, but no. Yeah, oh, Cheddar the, Goblin. Yeah, the, we didn't talk the, about Cheddar the, Goblin. The, the the Charlie, the little fat guy in the cult who looks like he's like, oh, he's like, oh mommy, oh. mommy, come pick me up. My friends are being weird. And then they they just oh. give him to, <laughs> to, they to just the Black Skulls. Get him over to the Black Skulls to be like eaten. I yeah. felt for that kid. He got in with the wrong yeah, crowd. Yeah, poor guy. Too deep. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you know what that you you know what uh, Robert Duvall says in Lonesome Dove because you've seen it so many times, Clay. You ride with an outlaw and you die with an outlaw. Yeah. Which is why oh. Cage. Okay, that's another thing. Do you think Cage should have spared that one lady? <sighs> it does show that he still has sympathy. Or, yeah. Or, or he still has mercy. He still has mercy. I. I think yes, because I don't think she was necessarily a threat to him. Clay, you know I, how I feel about this. You ride with an outlaw, you die with an outlaw. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, she's not a threat, but she did stand by while this happened. Clay. Yeah, but like I think I think what it is is like I think there's an argument you can make that like Cage understood that she was brainwashed because like. And if we're to go off of Panos's intention, Mandy understood. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mandy understood. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's. I, I think the really thing that like exemplifies that she is a victim and not an aggressor is the scene where um, um, Jeremiah like puts him puts her down in front of uh, show uh, show him what real love is, which yeah, and shows like, you this i this guy's idea of love. Is, right. Yeah. 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 And so, like, I took that to be she's more of a victim than the others. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, um, mm-hmm. like, she's a person who needs to be, like, de-radicalized from the cult and not treated as one who, like, you know, um, deserves the retribution. Yeah. I was fine with it in the moment, for sure. I do think that, like, there's an aspect to be said that, like, the reason why she's the one is because she's like the younger and like she's a pretty blonde white girl, uh-huh. and like, yeah, that that could be kind of problematic in itself, mm. you know. But play uh, it's but, the eighties, yeah. But it's I mean, the like, fake, but it's the fake eighties. But 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 I think the thing is though is the part that like kind of like I said to me says this is a person. Oops, bought my mic. The, the thing that to me says that this person is a victim was that scene with Sand right. where he like has her play Russian roulette. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that says this person's a victim. She is not an aggressor in this. Now, Clay, we've agreed this is a great Nick Cage movie. Is this a good Cheddar Goblin movie? <laughs> well, it's the best Cheddar Goblin movie. I think it is. I think it's yeah. the best Cheddar Goblin movie. <laughs> yeah. Cheddar Goblin. I love I love whenever it's like rising out of the macaroni yeah. and it just goes on for a few seconds longer than it should. Yeah, 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 so. which makes it funnier. Oh, it's so good. Um all right. Um I want to I want to I want to ask you a question if we want to do this right now. What? We just had the episode where we ranked the Nick Cage movies. <laughs> do we want to spoil that for ourselves and our listeners? I mean, you can just tell me where the placement Okay. You can tell me where this place is for you. Because I am genuinely curious if this is... I I know it's not going to be number one. Unless you're going to surprise me right now. Okay, here's the thing. I'm going to ask this one more... I'm going to ask one question of you real quick. You know where it lies on mine right now. Yeah, you already mentioned that, like, right now, the, the, like... 
in the afterglow, it's your number one. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a question, Hayden. Because yeah. I want to, I want to break down. I want to ask this question. I feel like we we're gonna have to litigate this at some point. Might as well be oh, now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What is our top ten list supposed to be? Is it just our favorite Nick Cage movies, yeah, or oh, is it yeah. the ones that we think are the no, no, best no, Nick Cage no, no, movies? No, 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 favorite. It's our favorite. It's the ones that like we would want to watch more often. And okay, and it has so it's number to do two with, then. So it has nothing two. to do with the idea of like what is what is the the best Nick Cage movie? Like what? No, no, no because all aspects of Nick Cage. I think that's a losing battle because how can you even compare Moonstruck to Mandy? They're completely right. They're totally different, different movies. Okay, so if I was just going off of like, what is my favorite? The one that I probably would, re- would return to the most often. I think that uh, Moonstruck is still my favorite because you could put it on at any time. You put it on any time, and you could watch that with anybody. If I can watch that movie with my parents and they enjoy it, I mean, you could watch Mandy with your parents. Not if I don't <laughs> want like some weird looks and possibly disownment. I mean, if you never want to talk about your or talk to your parents ever again, you could watch it with them. Yeah, I don't. That's not that you can't just show. I don't want to show that to my parents. I like my parents to some degree. I love my, my parents, dad. Right? My dad likes weird movies, but he would. This would be too weird. It'd be too weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Say, like, there say, are people that that movie is going to be too weird for. Yeah. But like, you could show Moonstruck to just about anybody, and they're going to enjoy it. But does Mandy make number two? Okay, so that's a good question. So what is your number two face? Number off? two for me was face off because to me face off was like the er example of a Nick Cage movie. It's action. It's got great acting. It's, it's got weird. It's operatic. It's over the top. It lets Cage do his whole like expressive acting bullshit. And, and it takes itself seriously. And it's ridiculous while being serious at the same time. Uh-huh. Mandy's a better movie than uh, face off. Really? You'd say it's yeah. a better movie. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's my okay. number 2. Harvest I'm I'm so glad. A, I'm so glad. Yeah. I knew I knew I, it wouldn't be number 1, but I am yeah. glad. I I'm surprised by that. I'm really surprised by that. I feel like the the clay that went into this podcast at the start, if he had seen Mandy first. Oh yeah. Probably would have said Mandy would be number 1. Oh yeah. Definitely if I watched absolutely. it when it came out, probably whenever we did our like initial like top 10, it might have been higher than adaptation. I mean, I know I know that Samore is the song of Moonstruck, but <laughs> how do you not just think of Levian Rose when you're th- like literally when you're thinking of of Moonstruck? That's Yeah. You're just like you're just, taken off guard by its charms. Yeah, it's just so goddamn charming and it's like I didn't know that I needed Moonstruck in my life. I think you I'm just so want to talk about Moonstruck every, every time. Yeah. No, not every time, but like I'll take any opportunity to. No, I, I, you know. Clay, I'm going to I'm going to say we should should we skip the box office game this episode? No, never, never. Because I want to. We have done about, this box office about, so many times. This is the third time in a row we've done it with these movies. Oh my god! There's no <laughs> way the next movie the is last, from 2018. The, the last the the. The last two movies before this were also 2018 movies. <laughs> oh my god! And I think there's still. I think he had five movies that year, and the the first one we did was Kill Chain. I think there's still another one that we'll have to hit. Oh my Listen, god. Hayden, Hayden, we're gonna run through it quickly. I want to. Here's the thing, Hayden. I want I want Mandy to have its opportunity to sweep. 
So far, the only movie that's sweeped on the good end was Moonstruck for me. Yeah. Now I think you've no no no. There was there was one movie that you that that broke the sweep. You don't well, remember? It's because Moonstruck was on the list. That doesn't yeah, exactly. count. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I said Moonstruck every to- for every spot on the list. I just want to point out this is going to be the longest episode we've done by ourselves. Uh huh. Worth it. I don't think so. You don't think so? Nah. Well, I mean, we're at an hour and a half in on on. The oh, but our recording. intro, their intro was short. The intro was very short. I think it'll it won't be the longest one. This we will be the longest long discussion we've had about a movie. Probably so. Because All I right, think let's... our longest episode was adaptation, and we—I know we went off on tangents. Yeah, we was, we, we conjuring. <laughs> we we of you, course oh, the you, longest one. You we, mean you mean our James Wan episodes. podcast? You mean our James Wan podcast? Episode? Yeah, yeah. All right, okay, All right. number ten. We're gonna go quick. Solo a Star Wars story, Mandy. Absolutely, Mandy. Number nine, Ant Man and the Wasp, Mandy. Mandy. Number eight, Mission Impossible Fallout, Mandy. Mandy. Number seven, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Mandy. Mandy. Number six, The Grinch. Now, no, well, let's litigate this. <laughs> no, there's nothing to litigate. Mandy. Number five, ooh, I'm going to enjoy hearing you say this. Number five, Deadpool 2, Mandy. Ooh, okay, okay, hold up. Oh? No, hold up, okay, God. okay, okay. I have a question. Shut up. <laughs> What's the? Well, I want to define our question here. Is this like a question of like what rather, would you rather watch. throw on? Rather watch, yeah. But like just like randomly rather throw on, or like if I gave if I was just gun to head, had to pick one. I, 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 whatever makes you say Mandy, whichever one makes you say Mandy. Ah, <laughs> uh, I I do like I do, but the thing is, I really do like both these movies. I know. I really like. What three of the movies that we just said? Yeah, or, uh, I, mean, I like two. I like I don't Fallout know. and I like uh, Solo, but I like, like Ant Man and the Wasp, dude. And oh, and I like Ant Man and the Wasp, but like those are like very easy for me to say. But like Deadpool two for me is a lot higher up on those than those. Are, is this gonna break the sweep? Deadpool two. <laughs> we haven't even got to to woke Conda yet, Clay, and you're huh? Um. Nah, I think I am gonna go Mandy, just because like I really want to rewatch it, just for the like trying to like find all the little things that you missed. Of course, I've okay. seen Deadpool two plenty of times. Yeah, get that um, shit out of here. But now, I really do like four, throwing on Deadpool two. That's a really good movie. Number four, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> Mandy. Okay, see now you had Deadpool two. This is. <laughs> Play your Deadpool two. Look, there's a lot of scenes of Bryce Dallas Howard running. <laughs> oink, oink. <laughs> and there is a moment where a raptor reads a sticker that says dangerous explosives and oh, jumps. God. Jumps out of the way. Well, explosive. the choice is clear. Mandy. Yeah. Number three, Incredibles 2. Mandy. Now, Clay, there are a lot of scenes of Mrs. Incredible running. <laughs> little horn dog hate it hate it are you are you sure you'd rather watch those movies over Mandy, or are you just horny i like donks dude i can't help it i mean i do too but like who let the donks out is what i'm saying (laughs) i want to shake their hand Uh, no no (laughs) go look at some porn 
Take a cold uh, shower, uh, God. <laughs> yeah, I do need to take a cold shower. Okay, uh, Mandy. Yeah, Mandy. Number, Number two. two. Mandy. I know what it is, Mandy. Avengers Infinity War? Yeah, Mandy. I think I even said I'd rather watch 211 over that movie. Oh, God. Yeah. Number one, Clay. I think this is a lot easier than Deadpool 2. Um, I do really like this movie. Oh, really you're good. here first. You're uh, here first and like, but I... Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, Clay. Okay, look, chainsaw fight versus Power Rangers fight in a in a ghost train. Okay, yeah, no, we're doing Mandy. Getting at that's kind of what I'm getting at, and like the good of that movie is a lot less than I like to think sometimes. Um, Yeah, way less. Killmonger is awesome. That's Killmonger is awesome, and like he makes some really good points. But like, I think the problem is, is that I'm as more as I'm starting to think <laughs> about it. Points. The more I'm starting to think about it, is that that's kind of the inherent problem with the Marvel movies. Yeah, um, they they it, don't want to just have bland villains, so they give, so they they cre- every now and then they'll create a villain who has a point, and yeah. they're like, ah, eh, but they need to be put down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the problem. Is that like they their 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 villains are people who acknowledge the structural issues with society. But then their whole thing is... And Marvel thinks that's we, enough to yeah. just mention it. Yeah. Yeah. I like he's right. Like, he's right when it, the, the museum... Hey, like I've hella, was, that, hella was right. I've mentioned, I've I've referenced that <laughs> hella, museum hella scene right. in my classroom so many times. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it's an excellent, like, takedown of colonialism. The problem is, is that the movie doesn't... Then, like, the Marvel movies in themselves don't really have the, 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 the guts to really take that to its... To, like pull on that thread as far as it needs to go there's yeah. a lot of the great things i love in that movie but fucking mandy's the way better movie fucking it's way mandy, more interesting dude. in a lot of ways beautiful it's beautiful um, i like but like no I, power I rangers fights in a, in the a thing ghost i like about either. deadpool 2 is that is a very fun movie and i like fun movies and yeah like there's there's mandy like is mandy, fun but also very sad and like and and like off putting and unnerving and like you gotta be in the right mood for it. Right. But it's not fuck. a romp. It's no. not a romp. But god damn it, it's so fucking good though. And like it is very much the better movie than some than any of the movies that we mentioned here on this list. So I had to I had to go with it. But like it was close a few times. It was close a few times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright. Well, that's the box office game. That's the box office game. Uh, another sweep. I'm gonna have to clean go back and listen. Sweep. I clean sweep for both of this, us too. This may have been my first hey, sweep. I can't. No, wait. Raising Arizona had to have been. Sweep. Raising Arizona had to be, but yeah, because I don't even think you sweeped on on Moonstruck. No, I don't think so. I did love yeah, that. Movie. I don't remember what was on that list, but like, can't remember. Yeah. Oh, Raising Arizona. Uh, no, no, no wait. No. That movie didn't make that. That much did money. not make enough money. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and listen. I want. I want to like actually kind of go back and like figure out like what's the movies that had like the best um percentage on like the box office game mm-hmm. i'd like to know that i wish we had more fans so that there would be like some obsessive fan that would do that for us hmm. but yeah, uh we don't so not yet not yet here's hoping all right hayden it's time for our penultimate ep- uh, segment of the episode the cage-free movies you know the drill uh you will be given the synopsis of three movies and you will uh-huh. have to find the one K 
Cage, Nick Cage movie and avoid the Cage Free movies. Okay. So, your movies are as follows. A hitman who works for the mafia finds himself in their crosshairs when his recent job doesn't go according to plan. Now he must find a way to defend himself and his honor while retaining the code he lives by. It's national treasure, okay. A fugitive Chinese prince and his sister enlist the aid of two war-weary mercenaries to help them defeat their older brother who murdered their father and seized the throne. What the fuck? Okay. Hoping to cut a deal, a professional bank robber agrees to return all the money he stole in exchange for a reduced sentence. But when two FBI agents set him up for murder, he must now go on the run to clear his name and bring them to justice. Okay, there is no theme here. Okay. <laughs> the A and C are kind of similar. And then there's some some feudal shit. I don't know. Uh, in the middle there. I think you're trying to throw me off. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're always trying to throw me off. Yep. I'm going to go blind on this one. Okay. I could see Cage playing a role where he's trying to return some money that he stole and he gets caught up in a thing. So you're going to you're going to see your way out here, Mr. Mr. Gilbert? Yeah, there I I know Cage is in some period feudal shit, but I don't that one doesn't ring a bell. B doesn't ring a bell. I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to see my way out. Yeah, because I'm Hiller. sure you're thinking of uh, when you talk about like feudal shit. You're talking about like uh, what is it? Season of the Witch. I am so looking for that. Maybe the now that now that Mandy's done, <laughs> oh, season God, season of the Witch may be my most anticipated movie. <laughs> I cannot wait to get to season. <laughs> of the Witch. Have you seen that one? No, but I yeah, it's interesting. Isn't Ron Perlman in it? Oh, I think he is, isn't he? I can't. I cannot. Ooh. wait. I cannot wait. All right. Well, Ron Perlman. Hayden. Man, you were. I bet you. Yeah, uh, I got to be honest with you, Hayden. Uh, you're wrong. I say I'm wrong. You're wrong. You're so wrong. And I love how wrong you are. Because would you like to guess what what C is? Uh, C is the synopsis of the movie Honest Thief by our man who is the ultimate dad movie actor, Liam Neeson. Oh, I've never seen this. When did it come out? <laughs> Honest Thief. Uh, I think like. A year or two ago. Oh, okay. Oh, I have heard of that because I remember mm-hmm. somebody making fun of it. Yeah, it came yeah. out in 2020, didn't it? Uh, maybe, maybe 29, maybe the tail end of 2019. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that was an award season contender. So, so would you like to know what A was? Um, uh, I mean, I would love to know what all of them are. So it was B. It was B. What the fuck? Okay, what what was A? What was A? <laughs> all right. So, um, A, I, what I, here's what I did. This is how I fucked you over. I'm uh, going to start answering these on the, the synopsis that I want to watch Nick Cajun. <laughs> Cause B would have won if I would have done that. Yeah. 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 So B, I left out the part where it was a hitman who, uh, follows the way of the samurai because this was ghost dog. The Way of the Samurai with Forrest Whitaker. Oh, for A. Jim for Jones. A. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. B was a movie called Outcast. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Right. It's like these movies I've never heard of. I know we've got to be getting to them soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Is this, is this next week's? Because <laughs> we're on to negatives now. Yeah. All right. So over under Hayden, over under. Uh, let me let me look at real quick. What was our last one? Two one one. 
Yeah, I think it was at 4%. Uh, yeah, it was. All right. Uh, so, Hayden, mm-hmm. um, over under 6%. I knew you were going to say 6 Um, I'm going to say... I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be pessimistic and say um, under. Okay, well, good job, Hayden. You get to, you get you're right one time. Uh, this is also <laughs> under. I want you to tell me what do you think? Because last you're right, two one one was four percent. What do you think? What do you think this one's at? Five, because you went up to six. Yeah, no, it's four percent. Also, it's also <laughs> very 4%. bad. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> very bad. Very bad. Hayden, you want? What do you want next? What do you want next? Okay. What? What's the year? Twenty fourteen. Twenty eighteen. No, fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Okay. Twenty fourteen. Yep. Okay. Um, genre. Uh, action. Act- oh God! I was literally. If it's action, I'm about to blow a gasket. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, of course it is. D- is Nick Cage holding something on the poster? Uh, let me see. And is it a weapon? Yes. Oh my God. Is it a gun? No. Oh, okay. Is it yeah. like a like a crowbar? Can I, can, I start, like, give, can I start giving you like actual hints? Like, like yeah, like, yeah. Because like, I mean, I, is it a director I've ever heard of? I don't know. Ha- maybe have I heard of this movie, Clay? Eh, is it outside? Not. Is it outside the mainstream? Oh yes. Does it have uh, a title like two one one that I never would have guessed in a million years? <laughs> Probably. Uh the director. Okay. The director is called Nick Powell. Oh, Nick Powell, okay. Let me let me um, let me let me go do some basic research of Nick Powell real quick. Okay. Okay. Oh! Oh, we're gonna we're gonna meet Nick Powell again. Uh would you like to know what his highest rated movie is? Yeah. I wanna make sure I wanna make sure this is the right the right movie. Let me let me go double check. Uh, Nick Powell. So he's worked with Cage a few times, I guess. That's what I'm thinking. I want to make sure, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Powell's also the director of Primal. Oh, see, uh, that one I'm looking forward to. Yeah. You, you know about right. that one, right? Uh, yes. We, I've, uh, I've read uh, about that one. Uh, and a, I, a, I a predator cat on a ship with Famke Jansen and, uh, yeah. and Oof, Nick Cage. Yeah. Oink, oink, huh? That's going to be right. an unlistenable episode. <laughs> For any of our <laughs> lady listeners. All right. Would you like to know whose second build is in this movie? Uh, yeah. Is it somebody that I've heard of? Oh yeah. Yeah yeah okay. yeah. He's kind of he's kind of infamous too. Whoa. Okay. Yeah yeah yeah. In a good way. <laughs> what is infamy ever what is good? Infamous ever good, my friend. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, well, is this let me a just problematic person. Is no, this, no, no, is no, not problematic. Canceled? It's just um, bad, bad actor. Yeah, people just do not like this guy. Okay. Um, yeah, he's very bad. Uh, what is he known for? Action. Uh, he has been. Is he has been Clay? He's a little bit. I. He, he's kind of a young has been. He Actually, I'd say was. I'd say ha- he really was should have never should have been and never was, but he wasn't. He was, was he in a big, big franchise? He was. Is it Hayden Christensen. It's Hayden. Sure doesn't have the higher ground. Christensen, yes. 
How did I guess Hayden Christensen? Okay. Hayden I gave away too much. I wanted to be like, he doesn't have the higher ground. <laughs> Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen and Nick Cage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anybody else in this movie? I'm, 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 I'm double-checking. Double There's nobody Was else. Was it that... shot in Eastern Europe, Clay? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. There's nobody else in it? Uh, okay, it's not that there's nobody else, it's just I I don't know her movie. Oh! No, okay, okay. Um, so, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck this up. Um, is it Family Jansen? Yifei Lu, I guess. What? I mean, yeah. what is she in? Uh, she the the two movies that um people would know her from in the in the West, uh, The Forbidden Kingdom and Mulan. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, Clay, I ain't got no idea. What is this? Uh, oh, can I read the? Can I read the 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 the? the I gotta read the the consensus before. Wait before before wait, I give you the. What title. was the name? What was the name of? So unforgivably dull, blank fell virtually all of the goofy fun that should come from a movie starring Nicolas Cage and Hayden Christensen in ancient China. Okay, yeah. So this is B. I can't even remember what the title of it was. (laughs) Outcast. Yeah, yeah. Outcast. As soon as I read that, like found out what that was, I was like, "Well, that's got to be the cage-free movie." (laughs) Jesus. Has to be Outcast. So ridiculous. Oh my god! Oh. Let me look this up on Letterboxd. <laughs> I honestly got to be real with you, man. I can't wait. I do. I did not know that that's what this movie was before. Like looking at it for today, like had no. Oh, this looks good. Clue. Yeah, it looks so stupid. I can't wait. Oh, so bad. Oh. oh. All right, Hayden. What's your? You got some plugs for us? Uh, buy them books buy them books for hayden that's right leave them leave them reviews by leave, leave those reviews for everybody all right as always you can find me at the underscore red underscore clay uh um also uh don't forget to come check out the rttm pod twitter and uh make sure to go give a follow to our man shoes robinson yeah um, he need, he really needs it no, yeah kidding. yeah of course he does <laughs> he's a good he's a good he's a good guy clay all right I got a knock-knock joke for you. <laughs> oh, I knew it. All right, get laid on me. Knock-knock. Knock-knock. Who's there? Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada who? Eric Estrada from Chips. <laughs> good night, everybody. Also, <laughs> let me borrow your phone. I want to take some pics. Oh, God, nope. That's getting cut.